You've survived the worst. Trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is, your pain can be a crutch, or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another great show, uh, podcast, Purpose Through Pain. I have an amazing guest today that has gone through some hell in her life, and she's here to share that with you today, but ultimately to help you turn that adversity into assets. She is the owner of Body, Brains, and Bank Account. Tarlise, thank you so much. Tarlise Rito, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's truly an honor that we've finally been able to connect. Finally, and, right? <laughs> you know, it's like we, we communicate back and forth on Facebook and we, we, we try to plan things out. And then, yeah. you know, one thing that I, the reason why those that are listening, the reason why I brought Tarlise on is the fact that not only is she busy, but she is completely okay when things start to shift in her life to be able to just say, you know what? I need a break mm -hmm. and I need that mental break. And that's ultimately what I was so impressed because it's very easy to at least to be so busy with life and then feel yeah. like we can't ever do it. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. You know, yes. like you said, we connected so long ago and it's funny because I remember when you first started the podcast, that's why I said, how many episodes have you had? And I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. So Congrats to you for, you know, continuing to show up and, and interview awesome people. But um, I'm looking forward to this conversation for sure. Yes, absolutely. Now, before the show, we were kind of talking about your name and where it derived from. And then, yep. of course, you know, not knowing certain things about your life that you don't want mm -hmm. to. But, but ultimately, you talk about and you teach people how to get rid of stress in seven yes. days or less. And that yes. is like, when we start putting numbers to things and it's always bold when you're like, hey, it can be done in a certain amount of time, you know, how do you go about doing that? Where, where did you get at a point in your life that you're like, I've got to start teaching people how to get rid of stress? What was going yeah. on in your life that you, you felt the need to do that? So I ran a accountability program, a 90 day accountability program for entrepreneurs and what I realized after running that program for seven years over and over and over by 90 days is that it's kind of like when you pack for a vacation. If you give yourself a week to pack, you're going to probably take that week to pack. If you say you have to pack today, then you're going to pack today. And so what I noticed is, although our container was 90 days, there are so many things that people could have done more quickly or in a shorter amount of time. And so for the stress management, I so I I do there's a seven step essentially each day of those seven days is a step but you know first we uncover and identify then we you know we figure out, out our pain points and and each day kind of goes through something but it's very interesting because it's only about 10 minutes a day that I'm spending over this week and having the, them journal but in those 70 minutes you figure you know 10 minutes a day for seven days in those 70 minutes people are getting more done during that time than they were doing in the 90 days and so wow. i you know my my accountability program was based around what my brand is which is body brain bank account so you know physical physical wellness health and wellness mental and you know personal development and then earning an income and making you know making money and so 
we focus on body brain bank account. But what I noticed is that when the clients were coming and talking to me or when we would do our huddle, you know, during the week, they were stressed about home life or like, you know, not connecting with their children or, you know, work was stressing them out. And they thought that they were coming to me for, you know, the the money making aspect of it or, you know, learning social media. But at the end of the day, it was so much deeper than that because one thing that I've noticed after doing this for nine years, I've been a stress management coach for nine years, is stress doesn't care how old you are, what color your skin is, how much money you make, where you live in the world. I mean, everyone that I know has something that is on their mind that they're stressing about. And what I've noticed over the years is that it's usually because people are so worried about something that has not happened yet. So it's in the future and they're they're making, you know, their mind monkeys are going and they're worried about something that hasn't happened or they're continually beating themselves up about something from the past, something that happened. They don't want to redo that horrible thing or they haven't been able to forgive someone. And so like in the present moment, they realize that they're not really stressed right now. It's about something that could happen or something that did happen. And so I just started focusing on that of like, give me a week. Let's put everything out on the table. You know, I used to be a lifeguard. And the first thing that you do when you're lifeguard is you serve as a scene. You're like, are you okay? Are you okay? You, you assess the situation. And so I think that a lot of people, because they're so worried about the future or they're so, you know, concerned with the past that they don't take a minute to just put all the cards on the table, survey the scene and see what's going on right now, and then move forward from like a place of power versus, you know, being stressed out about stuff that isn't real. Like a lot of times it's just these stories or these mind monkeys that people are allowing to completely control their day, you know? Yeah, no doubt. So what was it that was going through your life that you're like, I need to start down this journey? I mean, what was it happening within you? Because I mean, you've definitely, I've seen you share some things on social media and we've talked before, like mm -hmm. you've gone through some stuff. And of course, recently you lost your dad, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sorry to hear that, but what I mean, besides just the business aspect of things, what were you going through personally that's just like, and I got to create this, like I need it for me. Yeah. So I got to say, I'm so grateful for what I teach because I really am a product of the product. Like, you know, I, I had I had so many issues in the past. It's, it's interesting because like the other day I made a list of like my bad things that happened, quote unquote, you know, and that. I was like, <laughs> you know, I I had a flash flood at my house where my first floor was flooded. Both of my cars were ruined. Both of my parents committed suicide. Um, I've been in the hospital with a cancerous tumor in my eye, which resulted in months in the hospital. So like I was there for a long time because of an infection. Um, I like just so many things have happened. I was in a near death car accident where I had to drop out of school and I was in rehabilitation for months and couldn't move. And so yeah. all of these things, I think that like maybe one person or one parent taking their lives and then another parent. And like one of those individual incidences, I think would affect anyone. Like you can only be so strong, you know, but I felt like I had one thing after another, after another. And so I just had to like, you know, in, when I was younger, it was like, I went to drugs and alcohol because that made me feel better. And, you know, even recently I was like, why am I having a drink? Right. Why am I having a seltzer right now? Like, what am I trying to avoid? So I, I had to like, come up with better tools than just trying to mask the pain and to feel better. And so I, you know, I tap into meditation or breathing exercises or journaling or stretching. And so I found ways outside of my vices, if you will, 
um, to help me. And then I realized like, I'm doing this all the time. I'm using these tools all the time. I think that this would be beneficial for other people as well. Because at the end of the day, I think that when you're going through your own stuff, it feels like no one else understands. But like oh. I, I mentioned the other day about my dad passing away and how I took some time off and, you know, how I was healing. And so many people reached out and said, my aunt did that. My best friend did that. My, you know, and you don't realize because when you're in it, when you're, you know, in the crap yourself, you think that like no one else would understand. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of other people that are going through the same stuff. They just might not talk about it. And so, you know, with social media and one thing about me is I share all of it. I share the good and I share the bad and I don't share the bad from a, you know, one thing that I always do say is please don't say I'm sorry. I'm not looking to trauma bond. I'm just sharing this because I think someone else could benefit from it. So I make sure that I'm coming from a place of power, but also reminding people that if you're going through the same thing, even though you don't talk about it or you don't make it public, it doesn't mean that you're alone, even though it feels like you're alone. I mean, you get it. You know, you've been through some crazy stuff too. It's like they're as, as hurtful as it is to us going through it, there's still a lot of other people that have had the same experience 100%. and not to minimize it or, you know, make our situations less than, but at the end of the day, we're <laughs> so many people are going through the same stuff. And I think that, um, there's a lot of people right now, especially, you know, after COVID happened and, and shutdowns and people being isolated, that people do feel very alone right now. And people feel there's not as much connectivity. You know, people are like, I hate Facebook or I hate social media. They don't. They just, it's like, you know, we've become so abbreviated with text messaging and like just being, having quick interactions that pe I think, I believe that people miss that genuine connection. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you said something you, you talked about, you know, like, you know, thing, people going through things and not understanding is one thing that I always said is, you know, or begin to say when my wife passed away is, you know, pain is life's greatest teacher. It's also life's biggest crutch. Mm -hmm. It can either get us stuck or it can launch us into our destiny. And I, I'm a true believer of it. And I'm, I'm a product as well. And I, I've never compared like pain as pain. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. A lot of people get into comparing, well, you don't know how losing your son is compared to losing your mom. No, I don't have to know, but I understand it can be painful, you know, and, and that's why I always try to encourage people. I'm like, well, don't ever compare your pain because, you know, or they would say, oh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you make it through. I can't, you know, my pain doesn't compare to yours. Well, we're not into comparing pain, you, yeah. you know, and I mean, I think besides just that, even the, the, the telling the story of people don't understand what I'm going through, there's, there's almost 8 billion people in this world. And what's so crazy is like when, when I lost my dad and my wife all within 22 days of each other, right? Mm -hmm. And I could really sit there and say, who in this world has lost two loved ones like that within the same period, almost identical to mine, right? Yeah. Until like a few months ago. And I never really began to say that because I never focused on that. Right. But when I started going to a new church, I had a friend of mine um, say, hey, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, no. And they're like, his story is just like yours. He lost his mom and his wife mm -hmm. all within the same month. And I'm like, how is that? You know, like out of all the people in the world, I get introduced to somebody that had a very similar story. Crazy, you know? right? And, but I think what hurts sometimes is the fact that when we go through pain, there's nothing wrong with sharing it. Like you said, you share the bad, but you don't share it from a place of 
trauma response or wanting trauma responses, mm-hmm. wanting the sorries and things like that. Yeah. You share it from a place of, hey, this is what I went through. I'm ho- a place of vulnerability because I believe this right here. Vulnerability brings healing to us, but it's our transparency that brings healing to other people. Agreed. We live in such a world right now that everything, like, you don't know if it's fake or not. I know. You know, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's comical to a, to a degree in certain things, right? But then it's also damaging in a lot of other ways because when you have people like yourself and myself that are authentic coaches, right, and we're helping people, and then you got the guy that's down the street that's just really great at marketing and flashing a whole bunch of money, you're like, the moment I start talking about money and how you can be a prosperous person, they're like, well, he's just trying to get rich. You know, yeah, and so, but I believe that sharing to people, and that's why I think we need to share, need to share our story. But it's very easy to get caught up in the story if we don't really know how we need to go about sharing it. Yeah, you know, I agree. And you know, there's, there's, um, I think a lot of it comes from just what you mentioned is like comparing yourself to others. You know, like oh, they have it so great. You know, a lot of people do only share their highlights and and their their, you know, best moments, their A moments, if you will. And, you know, it's interesting because I I made a post recently on Facebook and I was like, you guys, I was in a dark place. Like yeah. the past couple of months, you know, I I moved to Tennessee and the day that I moved to Tennessee, my dog went missing. And I'd had that dog for 16 years. Some people are like, it's just the dog, whatever. But like it what it brought up for me was when my dog went missing, I was thinking of all the things that he had been with me through. So I was like, when my dad passed away, he was there. When I was recovering from, you know, my tumor in my eye, he was there. I just, and so everything, it was like a Minto in the Coke bottle moment where everything just bubbled to the surface. And it was just like, I was not in a good spot. And so for me, the reason that I chose to like take some time off of social media and kind of pull back is because I didn't want to be comparing everyone else's life to mine. And I, I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want those external um, opinions. I wanted to, I wanted to feel my own feelings. I wanted to deal with it in my own and not have everyone telling me what they think I should or shouldn't do. And so I think that that's kind of, it's such an interesting thing because, you know, I think a lot of times we go one of two ways. We just, when we have an issue, we ask everyone else for their opinion or we completely pull back and like, you know, focus on ourselves. And that's kind of what I did. And I'm so grateful that I did because I didn't realize how many other things I had just pushed through and that were unresolved for me. You know, like when something tragic happens, I'm always like, go, go, go. Yay. Push through. You've got this. And I realized that that was not a healthy response. Right. That was like, that was probably the worst thing I could do. And I needed to let all of this stuff bubble to the surface so that I could actually address it and make sure that next time, if something else does happen, that's negative, which there's going to be more negative stuff that comes up that I am actually able to like address it from a place of power versus all my old wounds that I just decided to push through. And I, it, my dog, you know, going missing, that's really what just brought all stuff from my childhood and just everything started coming up to the surface and as hurtful and as horrible as it felt, I'm so glad that it worked out the way that it did because I just didn't realize how much stuff I was like, push, you know, I'm like, oh, breathe yeah. and meditate and use your own tools. But then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you're kind of avoiding this. Right, right, right. You know? 
You know, I heard a pastor talking about uh, this the other day. It's like when we go through pain, we have the tendency a lot, especially our generation, because we're the same age, you know, is we were taught to suppress everything. If you're hurt, push aside, mm -hmm. you don't deal with it. You know, like even the aspect of like, I remember my dad is like, men don't cry. Boys don't yeah. cry. You're only crying if you're dying and you're, you know, your leg is falling off kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, but yet he was abusive and made me cry, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I got to think when I heard this, I'm like, how many times, like you just said about pushing through, the pushing through is really the pushing away. It is. We so think true. that by moving forward and be like, oh, I got to get past this day. And once Friday hits, I can have the weekend to relax, right? You yeah. know, and it's always a, like, I always make a joke. I'm like, I don't even know what day of the week it is. You, right. you, you know, <laughs> I'm like, it ends in A-Y. That's all yeah. I know, or D-A-Y day, you know, but it's very easy to suppress the things that bother us the most. And we mask it with other things that like, you know, you said you're pushing through, but really what you're doing is you're trauma stacking, you're pain stacking, mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely. and you're just stacking one thing on the next, on the next. And as long as I have something that I continue to stack on, then that one, that one that was very heavy gets pressed. And, and I remember it's like when my wife, when my, when, when my dad died, you know, I had a, I had a, the last 14 years of our life, we, we went through a lot of forgiveness and he, and he passed away my desk, my best friend, but 22 days later, my wife has passed. And so I had to make this shift of, I can't grieve anymore for my dad. I got to start grieving for my wife. And I didn't realize it until about seven or eight months later that I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even really get to grieve for my dad mm -hmm. because not knowingly I'm like, I got to push through. I got to be strong yeah. for my family because my wife is, you know, I got three kids and I got to, you know, she's, you know, her health is bad. And you're like, so we end up pushing those things away. But let me ask you this question for all the listeners out there, because this is something I went through when, when those two individuals passed away, I mentally said to myself, I'm like, I don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. I've got to find myself. Right. And, and I knew of meditations, I knew of different things, but like, for me, it was like, let me travel. Let me go to places. Let me do business, you know, owning my dog training business. Let me do seminars. Let me go to motivational speaking things, you know, to try to better myself. Right. But ultimately all I was doing was chasing. I was chasing things that I thought that would help and not mm -hmm. that they didn't, but I still felt empty inside afterwards. So what, how does somebody even start finding those things to not push away, not mask the pain, not suppress it, but to actually start working through it? So where does somebody even start with that? So, you know, in, in the seven days, like when I go through the stress management, the very first step is uncovering and identifying. So it's essentially like you're taking 20 minutes, however long you want to take, and you just kind of get it all out like a brain dump if you will and you're just like freely writing freely talking you know some people want to do voice notes because they don't want to they don't want to write but getting all of it out what what you what I think sometimes we don't even realize is just like I mentioned when my dog passed away I had all this other stuff that I was like what about that and so I had to like just sit down and just kind of either verbally vomit if you will into your voice notes and just be like and this and that and and just kind of Sometimes I think that you don't even realize the things that are bothering you or holding you back. And so just taking the the first step for me is like just assess the situation, right? Good, right? Bad, right? 
things that you wish you could change. You know, one thing about losing both of my parents the way that I did is that I did not know that that was going to happen. You know, my mom uh, took her own life 20 years ago or 23 years ago now. And then my dad just last year. And so it's so crazy. Like he is the last person on this planet that I would have expected to do the same thing because my mom caught it caused so much drama in my family. It just it literally was like a bomb dropped on my family and no one expected it. No one knew it was going to happen. It just happened. And so 23 years later to have my dad do the same thing, I'm like, you could not have paid me a million dollars to believe that he would have done that because of how much pain we'd already gone through as a family, you know? And yeah. so it's just, it, you know, it's, it goes to say like, you don't really know what other people are going through, but at the end of the day, he never went and got therapy about it and he didn't really talk about it. And he, you know, right after my mom uh, died, he like immediately started dating a woman and just kind of like plugged into something else for comfort and he never really processed it. And so that's why the first thing that I try to do with my stress management clients is like, there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. You have to get this stuff out that you've been bottling up and then you can address it. Because if you're not, if you're not willing to talk about it, you're not willing to bring it to the surface, then we can't fix it. I don't, I don't know what to help you with, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. And I didn't realize like, you know, something I was doing, I didn't realize this until about six or seven months after they passed away. Actually, it's close to 10 because it was Thanksgiving timeframe and they had passed away in January. Is people kept on asking, is like, how in the world are you smiling yet all this has happened to you, right? And the first thing I could have said, well, it's God, right? It's my faith, you know, but people that don't believe in that, they, you know, that's like, you know, trying to say, how did you build a skyscraper? Well, I just did. Yeah. You know, that doesn't make a bit of sense. Right. So of course I had to start asking myself and digging deeper. And one thing that I realized that I did, that I didn't realize it until later on, until this question kept on happening is I took time to grieve, but I took it in 15 minute increments. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the way I did that was, um, when my wife was diagnosed and I felt in my heart, I'm like, I need to share our story. I would go on Facebook live, share 15, 20 minutes about an update. I would cry. I would laugh. I'd be sorrowful. I'd try to hold back the tears. I'd laugh with people. I'd pray for people, things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go back inside and be strong for my family. I had three kids. One was a, one was a newborn, you know, and, but I didn't realize until I did a video um, about 10, 11 months later about this, that I was taking time to grieve and by just sharing the story, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just like, hey, I'm updating mm -hmm. people, right? But yep. I was doing a dump, you know, and yep. I come to realize this. My realization is like, you know, I always use this analogy. If it's raining and misty outside, what do we naturally want to do all day long? We want to stay inside and cuddle in the bed yep. and cuddle up with the dogs and, you know, oh, I don't want to do nothing, yep. you know, kind of thing, right? It's that gloomy feeling, right? But if we know it's a downpour, we're like, okay, when it's over with, I'll go outside and do what I need to do or go to the store, whatever the case is, right? Yeah. And I looked at it as, you know, if we grieve all day long, it's that gloomy feeling, right? Which can lead to what? A lot of depression, not yep. doing other things. It can lead to a lot of things, right? Well, I realized that when I took 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, and then had to go change my mindset, be like, okay, now I got to be strong, got to wipe my tears, things like that, yeah. is 
I was able to switch my own mind of now when she did, when my dad and wife passed away is I would still grieve, but I kept the 15 to 20 minutes. And then I'm like, I got to dry up my tears. Yep. Now a minute later, I may be crying again, you know, but what it did is it gave me just the break that that one minute became later became two later became five later became a half a day later became, I was able to get through the day, you know? And for me, that was that mental shift for me, not knowing anything else. I'm like, what do I do? Well, I gave, I, 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 I did my dumping, but now I've got to mentally say, okay, the dump is over for a few minutes, you know, me dumping, I should rephrase that there. The dumping is over for a few minutes, you know, and, um, and then move on. Right. But then I can always come back to it versus staying in it all throughout the day, which was leading towards depression and things like that, you know? Yeah. I get, and I did that like, uh, a couple months ago, probably like three weeks after my dog went missing, I just was like, done like I was I was useless to society there was there was no like it was you know I was barely getting up and getting out of bed and taking a shower and doing whatever I was just like I went through that and I I had to come to the same realization as you mentioned is like I can't I cannot sustain I cannot do this all day long like I there has to be a better way and I have to essentially like time block the creep if you will because it was consuming. It was, it was depressing. It was, it was horrible. I wasn't fun to be around. I was, you know, and so I agree with you that it's like, you want to process it and not hold it, uh, like hold it down or, you know, um, ignore it. But at the same time, you can't let it consume you because I realized that that's what I was doing. I was literally all I thought about day and night and all these other things. And so I had to just kind of like come to my senses and be like, get it together, girlfriend, you know, and it took a long time, but I just feel I feel so grateful that I did have the stress management tools because, you know, I, I would do breathing exercises or I would, you know, meditate before bed or just journaling. I mean, it's so crazy how just even writing out your feelings on a piece of paper can just totally shift things. And you don't even realize how much that you're holding in. And so I, I just made it a point to get back to doing the things that I wanted to do. You know, I was going I did 75 hard and I was like, working out every single day. I mean, I did the year long program and then I went to doing nothing. Like I went from working out every day to a month, two months longer of not doing anything. And I was like, Tarly's, you know, that working out makes you feel good. You know, you know, that walking outside is, is good for you. And so I, I kind of like lost my identity, just like you mentioned earlier. I did. I lost my identity for a while. And that's why I was like, take some time off social media. Don't, care what anyone else thinks like get better yourself and I'm so glad that I did because I don't know if we, you and I would be talking right now I'd probably still be laying in bed <laughs> to yeah, be honest yeah. you know without a doubt you know and I mean kind of going back to like you know I always tell people to share their story right and you just you just nailed it on the head about like writing things down you know not everybody's going to take that or feel that they can share their story on social media yeah so I always encourage people like listen you know do like you do as a kid. What do we used to tell our secrets to as a kid? Our stuffed animals are bad. Yep. Yeah. You know, I would tell them to my dog, you know, and find somebody, something, write it down, journal. I, I wish I would have written down the things that I was doing and saying while grieving, 
you know, yeah. instead, I mean, I video record it. And so I always have to go back and wait till Facebook yeah. pops back up as a memory to me like, oh, let me save yeah. that video, you know, because it was so powerful, the things that I was saying and doing, but yet I never wrote it down. I've never been much of a journaler, not, not that I, ha I have in the past or haven't in the past, but it's powerful. Like, I mean, you wrote down the other day, the 25 things, you know, like I remember doing that in a therapy session of writing down 25 limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And then I begin to think of what I call flipping the script is for everything that I wrote down. And I talk about this in coaching about the, the power of the words. I am, you know, my dad used to always say, you're not good enough. Well, the flipping of that is I am good enough. I'm more than enough, you know? And so I mm -hmm. started to take all those limiting beliefs, all those pain points, all those things that were getting me stuck and then flipping the script on it. And, and I mean, listen, I mean, it, it helped me grieve so much. And I remember, I remember it was the first year my mom had already been passed um, by the time my dad did for over 14 years. And I remember it was the first time of him not being here on earth when it came to their wedding anniversary. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was sad and I got to thinking, I'm like, why am I sad about him not being here? It's the first time I actually get to celebrate them being together yep. in heaven, sharing their anniversary together, you, you know, and all I did is just flip the script of mm -hmm. taking what I thought or could have been bad, yep. turning it into something good. It's interesting because that's, uh, that is part of the seven days that I take people through. I have them list all of their quote unquote negatives and we come up with the positives so that we can move forward. So I agree. I, th I think that it's, um, it's interesting too. like, sometimes you don't even realize um, the things that come from childhood or like uh, I, I'm writing a book and I gave an example in the book is like, you know, when kids are born and their parents put like a Steelers jersey on them or something, or it's like, I'm a doctor, so you're going to be a doctor and your grandpa's a doctor. Yeah. You know, it's like you are already given this plan by people like you're like I'm the Steelers. I like the Cowboys or whatever. But you right. don't you don't get to make that decision because someone else has made that decision for you. Like whether it comes to the, the food you like, you know, oh, my mom didn't like onions, so we don't eat onions. And it's like but do I really not like onions? And so it's very interesting when you kind of pull away and figure out your own identity, the things that were instilled in us, like I'm a Yankees fan because my dad's a Yankees fan. It's like, but am I really? You know, like just the things that have been imprinted on you that you probably might not follow if you had a choice, you know? And so it's very interesting from career to sports teams, to food preferences, to just all kinds of things. And you're like, is this really my belief? Or is this someone else's? And a lot of times it really is someone else's belief and not yours. Wow. And it's just, it's very interesting because we hold on to these things and grasp these things. You know, you were asking me where my last name came from, Rideau. And I'm like, honestly, I never met my birth father, like my, the guy that adopted me and, and raised me, I consider to be my dad. He just passed away. But my actual birth dad, I only met him once when I was like four, like, I don't know. And so you know, you were asking about the last name. I'm like, I really don't know. I don't know anything about it, you know? And so it's just interesting how our upbringing, our families, traditions, et cetera. It's like, do I really believe that and want to do that? Or is it just right. something that I've become accustomed to? Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with the way you were talking about, like suppressing your pain, right? Is my influence being from my dad is you can't cry. You know, yeah. you, you, you gotta, you gotta push through this. So 
I go with the majority of my, you know, young to childhood to, to early twenties thinking that well, I can't cry. I, yeah. I have to press through anything that I go through in life. And that was, and that was the influence. Right. And then eventually I'm like, what's wrong with crying? Yeah. What's wrong right. with, you know, feeling sad. What's wrong with, why can't I just be okay with taking care of this? You, you know, yeah. like, and, and last night was a prime example. I wasn't crying, but I was, I'm working on so many different things and it's like, you start to work on one and you realize, oh, I got to do this too, to make that one better, mm -hmm. you know? And then I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I feel like I'm working on so many different things. I'm like, I was mentally exhausted and I just took a moment and said like, instead of complaining about it, right. Or instead of just like, you know what? It's okay just to have a moment, yep. you know? And I just looked at my wife. I'm like, I just, she's like, what's the matter? I'm like, I'm just mentally exhausted right now and I don't know what to do, Yeah, you know, and I'm okay with that instead of worrying about, oh, you can't do that. You can't act like that. You got to suppress that feeling because ultimately the feeling is going to still pop up the next day or the next time I'm in the situation. At least this time I knew how to figure out how to manage it, you know? So I'm just like, you know what? It's not that late. It's only 10 o'clock. I'm normally up till 12, 12, 30, yeah. 1 o'clock in the morning working on things, right? You know, I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. Forget it. I just, I, I can't accomplish it all right now anyways. So I'm just going to go to bed. I shut down the laptop. I mean, kudos in. to you for acknowledging that though. You know, sometimes wow. it's like you, I feel like sometimes we beat ourselves up for feeling that way. Like, you know, the other day I, I, I did the same thing. I had been putting together a funnel and, you know, I'm not a technical person and this is, I was learning a new system and I literally just was like, I cannot do this. Yeah. I am so checked out. I've been sitting at this desk for 10 hours. Like my brain could not compute one other thing. And then I was like, all right, time to go to bed. It was like 830 or I don't know. It was very early, but I was like, I know that I'm not going to get anything accomplished moving forward. You just got to cut the cord and be like, okay, done. And, yeah. you know, address the situation with a fresh brain of, you know, refreshed mind earlier. I mean, tomorrow, but at the end of the day, it's like, we kind of have to give ourselves some praise though for acknowledging that and not just like beating ourselves up about it or pushing through because I've done that and that, that does not serve me. It, it yeah. like I said, comes to the surface later. And so like kudos to you for, for acknowledging that and realizing it because I'm sure the next day you're like, okay, cool, let's do it. You know, yeah, I, I feel better, I can do this. Yeah, it's so funny because like when you said that about like, am I pushing too hard, right? Or being hard, don't be hard on yourself. Like my yeah. wife, you know, and for those that are out there to not confuse you, I lost my wife of 14 years, four years ago. I'm now recently remarried. So that's when I say the two, I don't want y'all to think she came back or anything like that. Um, <laughs> don't want to confuse any of my <laughs> listeners. Um, my current wife, Rachel, there we go. When I was, when she asked me that, she's like, just don't beat yourself up about it. And yeah. I'm like, you know, the typical guy's like, well, I'm not, you, you, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not. I says, I'm just trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. And then she's like, do you think your body is, cause she, I've been really pushing hard on some things, doing some funnels and things like mm -hmm. that. And some membership yeah. sites the last couple of days. And I've been like going on three, four hours of sleep, you know? Yeah. And She's like, do you think your body's catching up to you? I'm like, yep, it caught up to yeah. me yesterday. I'm pushing through. And uh, she's like, well, I'm just going to pray for you and pray God gives you clarity and of content and things like that. I'm like, thanks, babe. And she gave me a big hug. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to bed. I, I don't yeah. need to do anymore. And I woke up like I had the best night of sleep last night, you know, 
that stinking alarm woke me up this morning. Uh, I'd probably still be sleeping, <laughs> you know, but I feel so refreshed. I'm like, I can choose to go back to it today and work mm -hmm. some more because I have a clarity of mind. I have a peace of mind about things. I'm not feeling anxious. I'm not even stressed about it, you know, simply because I just like, you know what? I recognize where I was at and be like, yep. I can't do any more because the brains just want me to go to bed. Uh, my body's yep. wanting to shut down right now. So stop pushing so hard. It's in something that doesn't need to be pushed. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did that for many years where I was like getting a couple hours of sleep and just pushing through and just hustling and thinking that I could do it. And now I look back and I'm like, man, you could have got a lot more accomplished if you were just taking yeah. a break, <laughs> taking yeah. a break for a minute. You know, it's like all those long nights and, and, you know, staying up and hustling and stuff. It's like, did I really accomplish everything I could have? Probably not actually no. looking back on it. But, you know, it's like, I've learned just to, or I'm still learning, I should say, I'm learning to not beat myself up for my previous choices and to just realize that like, this is all part of my journey. And, you know, I was on a podcast interview yesterday and I just said, I said, man, it would be really easy to sit and play the poor me role. You know, oh, you don't understand. And this happened. But like I said, at the end of the day, like my pain is not unique. There are so many people that are going through the same thing. And I had a really bad toothache um, recently and um, my fiance said, it could be so much worse. <laughs> it, like, I know that you're in pain right now, but think you have a roof over your head. You have people that care about you. Like he, he just went on this like gratitude rant of things that I should look forward to and be grateful for. And he's like, you have a car to get to the dentist. And like told me all these great things. And I was like, you're right. You're right. You know? And so sometimes I'm guilty as well of like, boo-hoo, poor me, this is so horrible, you know, because I have a little bit of toothache. But at the end of the day, it's like, but there's a million other things that I can be grateful for. And, you know, one thing that I do every single day, I have it tattooed on my arm, is at 1234, I have an alarm that goes off and I just stop and give gratitude. And I've done that every day for like 15 years. And I, I'm really trying to like walk my own walk, walk my own talk, if you will, and and take his advice and take the advice of Yes, things might be horrible right now, but you have so much to be grateful for. There yeah, are so yeah. many things, like even on the roughest days, even, you know, the day that my mom passed away or dad, like I still had something to be grateful for that day, though. You know, like at the end of the day, it's really simple and easy um, to focus on what's not right. But I, I'm just constantly trying to pull myself back to like, but what are you grateful for? You know, yeah. like, yes, you have a toothache, but he's right. Like I have a roof over my head. I have people that care for me. I have the ability to go and get, see a dentist. And, you know, there were times that I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know? And so I just, I, I always remind my clients of like, I know that stuff might seem like dim, decimal, you know, dark right now, but at the end of the day, like there's still, any one of us could pull out a piece of paper and list so many things that we have that we might take for granted or not think of, you know, when we're in the, in the mess, but, um, there's just, it's so easy to, to go to the negative that I just continually try to tell myself, like, you have this going for you, you have that, you have amazing people, you know, and, and just trying to find that light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. So if, if someone's listening to this, that would be like my number one, you know, people are always like, if you could give one tip, what would you like to leave us with? It's like, Take a moment, even if it's just one minute, and just think of the things that you're grateful for and the things you do have going for you. And like, just 
give yourself a little bit of a boost of what can come if you like rock bottom (laughs) i feel like it's like well at least you have nowhere to go but up right you know and so i keep trying to remind myself of that even you know as, as positive as i am and and as you know as much as I feel like I help my clients, I'm still human and I still go through, you know, I still have the mind monkeys and I still have the unconditioning that I need to happen, you know, things that have happened to me in the past. But I just every single day I'm like, I'm so grateful for and just make a ongoing list. And it really does change your perspective and kind of puts things into perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you just said at the end about making a list, right? You know, I think especially with the way the world is, social media is like you pop up on social media and you don't have to scroll far before you see something negative, right? Yeah. You don't have to scroll far to see somebody making fun of the president, regardless if you like him or not, or yep. what we're doing as a country, what we're not doing, or what your neighbor did, what the neighbor hasn't done. And I think ultimately, because even Facebook is designed to feed into the negative, right? Social media mm-hmm. is because yep. if you notice that when posts, posts that last a long time on social media are the ones where people are debating back and forth or arguing back and forth on comments, right? Because Facebook feeds that. So ultimately it's like in our mind, we don't have to go through and write down all the things that we know are bad because in our mind, we've already written those things down and we rehearse those day things all throughout the day where I think it honestly takes mental practice of going into the physical of, I need to write down positive things. Mm-hmm. and start writing those things down over and over. So now we flip the script on our own mind that when something does happen, like, man, I got a toothache or, oh my Lord, I, you know, Hey, this happened at work. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm thankful as an entrepreneur, I have a business. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful that I'm able to travel. I'm thinking that, you know, I'm thankful that all these different things versus like, Hey, can you say two great things about your spouse? Well, um, yeah, um, let me think about mm-hmm. that one. You know, yeah. it's not, but yet we can rattle off 25 different negative things, you, you know? Isn't it interesting? It is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy interesting. So now I've got a question for you. Yeah. I know, but you just shared it and I want the listeners to know. Y'all can't see, I, I follow Tarlisa on Facebook, so I, I know the story, but you, and you just brought it up about the tattoo, the 1234. Mm-hmm explain what that is and why you got it tattooed so um i've been doing i think this is the 16th year of doing it i used to do it and the tattoo on my arm looks like an actual digital clock because when i first started doing it um i wasn't really into cell phones as much back then so i had a physical like a old school clock that was you know in my room or in my office and so it would have an alarm that went off at 12 34 every day but um I used to, uh, people would ask like, well, how'd you pick 1234? I was like, I really just wanted something in the middle of the day. So like I'd already had a, you know, a few hours up and then I had a few hours, you know, the end of the day. And so I picked 1234. Apparently there's like numerology behind it and all this stuff. I, I wasn't even (laughs) thinking that I was just thinking what's simple and what's easy, but you know, the coolest thing is, um, I was talking to someone about this yesterday because I really want to start a 1234 candle line because people know me for the 1234. And I was like, I I would love for people just to light a candle and give gratitude, whatever. But I told her, I said, you know, the coolest part about it is I have a a folder on my phone of, I think there's like 140 testimonies now, but like people will message me or private message me or put it on my wall or do whatever and say, I've kept this practice because of you. And there was a guy that was at a, a live event last year or the year before he was at a live event and he said 
craziest thing happened. I'm at this event and 1234, several people's alarms went off and we realized that we were all doing it because you had shared that practice with us. I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's just so cool. Like someone else got a tattoo. Like people are constantly, you know, messaging me about it. And I'm like, if if I could be known for anything, I think the being known for telling people to stop and give them a moment of gratitude is like the coolest flipping thing. And so anytime someone mentions it to me, I put it in my folder on my phone, like when I'm bummed or when I'm down, I'm, I look at it and I'm just like scroll and scroll and scroll of all the people that have decided to take the practice of just taking a moment to be grateful. And I'm just like, I feel choked up even talking about it right now. It's just like, what a cool thing for people to associate with me, you know, like just being thankful and being happy and being grateful because There's, you know, there's a lot of dark days that I think both of us have had, but I always like, no matter how much money I had in my bank account, no matter how my health was, any of it, I could still just be like, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful. I can even be grateful right now. And so, yeah, it's really cool because of the ripple effect, because I've been so persistent about sharing it. The ripple effect has just been unreal. It's so cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. And that right there is a true definition of just taking that adversity and turn it into an asset. I it sure is, it. right? I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's so funny because someone, someone, uh, I, I shared that turning adversity into assets because I was on a podcast last year and they said, how do you, like, all the stuff that's, you know, happened to you? And I just said, I was like, I just want to turn my adversity into assets. They're like, oh. Exactly what you know. I was like, that's kind of catchy, right? But it's just, it just came out of my mouth and was like flew, you know, so so easily out of my mouth. But I was like, I really think that that we all have the power and the strength to do that. It's just making the decision, and you know, yeah. just like I don't have to have an alarm that goes off every day. I don't have to, you know, we don't have to do the things that we want to do. But it's just been such a nugget of like happiness day after day after day, regardless of, you know, what the situation is. And so I'm like, I'm running with that. I I appreciate that. And other people, you know, other people are now seeing benefit from it. And so it's like one person at a time. I'm just, you know, changing a a, a life one minute at a time if I can. That's pretty cool. I love it. Tarlis, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, for those that are out there listening, I mean, this is just you know, such gold, just some gold nuggets here on just being able to take what we've gone through, those dark times, those yeah. dim times, the the pain that we've gone through, and just being able to find something out there that can help us change and reflect into being able to get through it. Because that's 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 what I see so much of the problem is like I didn't. I'm like I always ask people I'm like, so where's the instruction booklet at Books a Million on what to do when you lose your dad and your wife within 22 days, and all of a yeah. sudden you're you've been a father for 10 years, but now you've got a newborn and you know, you got to start all over again. And then for like, there isn't one, there is no yeah. instruction booklet for your exact situation, but it's a matter of putting things together time after time after time of, Hey, how did I get through this thing? I'll use the same tools, yeah. you know, and you were able to get through it just by using your own practice, using your own tools that you had. And I'm so grateful for it. It's so, it's so interesting because I was like, you know, I, I've decided this year to take my stress management program to corporations. So like up until now, I've been working with groups between one and 20 people. 20 is the biggest group. And I was like, you know, I've done this for so long now that I feel like I can actually take this and like help more people with it. But it's only because it's like I actually use it all the time. Like I use my own list. I listen to my own my own practices and I I follow it and I like 
I've ingrained, like it is part of me now, you know? And so I think that's what the toughest part was when I kind of went through all this, when my dog passed away of like, get it together, girl, this is your job. This is what you do. But, you know, it, it was a, I was humbled very quickly to realize like, as much as I practice this, as much as I have the tools, as much as I use this, if you do not address the stuff from your past, it is going to always 100% of the time pop up. And I'm grateful that it did. But like, I think that that's one thing that holds a lot of us back is that we are just so worried about things that happened be before that we can't change. Like nothing is ever going to bring these people back into my life. There's nothing like there's there's nothing that I can do to change the situation. And so, you know, even with my dog, it's like I was just so consumed with it. And I'm like, but I I can't change it. Like I can't do anything about it. So I have to move forward, you know. And so I I wish that I, you know, I wish more people realize that it's really not the current situation that's holding you back. It's something that you're worried about. And I'm I'm glad that people in my life kind of also told me like, hey, get it together. <laughs> like, right. You've got this, but you have to like get out of your own, you know, get rid of the, these voices or these, you know, whatever holding you back, you really have to like push through. And so I'm grateful for an amazing support team. But e even if you don't have people that support you, if you just focus on taking it day by day and, and not allowing the past circumstances to overrule what's happening today, you know, you can make some huge changes. I've seen people collapse time. That's why I focus on seven days because I'm like, you don't need all this time. What's the problem? How can we figure it? You know, like, what are the steps that we need to take to address this? And let, let's do it, you know? And some people, it's therapy. Some people, it's meditation. Some people do psychedelics. Whatever it is for you, it's just, it's just like making the decision, taking the first step, you know? Yeah. One of my yeah. favorite mentors, his name is Michael Burnoff. His tagline is decide and do. And I've had to continually recently decided and do because otherwise I just start, you know, it's easy to start spiraling about everything that's not right. And just like you said, you go on Facebook, everyone will tell you they're sorry and jump on the poor me train with you. Yeah. Like people have no problem doing that. But you know, it's, it's another thing to set a goal or set an intention, like hit, hit those targets and like, you know, push yourself versus being like, boo hoo. I did the boo hoo. And I just, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Yeah. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Charlie's, how can people get in contact with you, maybe even work with you? Tell us a little bit more about your coaching or how they can, they can work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, so all of my social media, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, everything, it's Charlie's. My handle is T-A-R-L-E-S-E. My website is T-A-R-L-E-S-E.com, so charlies.com. My email is charlies at charlies.com. So luckily, there aren't there are other Charlies's now in the world, but luckily there weren't when I grabbed all those social media handles. So regardless of what platform you're on, um, you can find me, T-A-R-L-E-S-E. -E. And yeah, same website, social media, email, everything. Love it. Well, you guys out there that are listening, I hope you've been touched by her story and know that you can also get through things that you've gone through turning that adversity into an asset, that purpose, you know, from the pain. And thank you so much, Charlize, for coming on Thanks the show. You guys me. don't hesitate to reach out to her. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.